0: The GameCube Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube Was Cool. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of January at the $5 or above level. Ira Bell, Dan Wagner, Jed Winters, Christopher Valenz, Joey Sirico, Tristan Pantorato, Resident Evil Collector, and Wilshire.
1: The GameCube GameCube. was cool. Hosted
0: by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert.
1: Alright Neil, I'm back from a little vacation. Uh, I went to Cuba over New Year's and tried to spread the gospel of the GameCube you know communism it's a big thing that, that that sticks but GameCube
0: is a little harder to stick so I want to really bring that to, to the island well it's a good thing too because we have stickers so do those do those hold up in Cuba I know <laughs> you told me that Cuba does not have YouTube which is stressful knowing that they've never seen an epic mealtime video but were, <laughs> were you able to uh were you able to stick any GameCube was cool stickers uh anywhere along the communist country of Cuba
1: Maybe I did, Neil, and maybe I didn't. Neil, we'll just have mm. to have a listener from Cuba
0: <laughs>
1: take a look. Uh, I, I'll, I did find out while I was there, too, that Spotify is also banned because I want—that I wanted to look up to see if I could see our ratings. Neil, because uh, this just in, you can now rate us uh, on Spotify. Just like Apple mm. Podcasts, you can give us a five-star rating and uh, I was going to give ourselves a five-star rating. Uh, good. <laughs> and uh, I realized I couldn't access the site, so uh, I was Man. I was like, yeah, oh, okay, this this checks out. <laughs> they're, they're anything
0: but consistent down there, but I'm glad you had a good time. When you got back to uh, the Great White North of Canada, we, of course, record from Toronto, uh, were you able to uh, give us a rating when you got home?
1: I was, and I saw that we already have 13 five-star ratings, so thank you, everyone, who has already uh, jumped the gun and uh, rated us on Spotify. I believe that started, like, January 1st, so, uh, yeah, it's been a good time in that regard. And, uh, of course, we last recorded around Christmas, and I have some gifts to share, Neil. I got uh, I got a couple of, oh. uh, of new games. Uh, no new GameCube games uh, other than the ones that you got me, which were X-Men Legends from you. Thank you very much. As well as Pool Paradise, which was very fitting because I played a lot yep. of pool in Cuba. So, Pool Paradise, Ooh. I can now come back to Canada and continue my pool playing.
0: Awesome. That's, that's terrific. And then when you go back to Cuba, you'll be a pro, uh, playing pool paradise and, uh, they have ski ball as well in there. So I hope you enjoy those games. Those are two of the games we talked about back in 2021. Those were on your list of games you wanted. I found those at ANC games, a very nice retro video game store here in Toronto. Uh, I, I did get a, a, a GameCube game, uh, Myself, I got uh, Freaky Flyers from my girlfriend, which I haven't actually had a chance to play yet, but uh, I'm really excited. She went through, she goes through all of our episodes and she especially listens to the last few minutes just to like hear what (laughs) games I want uh, in in case, in case my birthday or uh, Christmas rolls around. uh, She's got some ideas there uh, ready to go. But uh, what were some of the other things that you got over the holidays?
1: Well, I also got No More Heroes 3, which I'm really excited to play. I actually did play a bit of it uh, on the plane. And I'm a big fan of it so far. Very surreal and absurdist for sure. But uh, Mm. I do love that uh, that series a lot. And I also got the new Mario Party game, which is something I would not recommend you pick up and buy for ninety dollars. Well, ninety dollars in Canada, but uh, just because it's it's a great game. But it shouldn't be full price. Is basically what okay. I'm what I'm getting at. I love the fact that I can go and play the old boards uh, from the N sixty four days, as well as play all the GameCube mini games that are on there. And you can filter mm-hmm. by just playing GameCube mini games. Which is like one of my favorite things to do.
0: That's so cool. (laughs) It's sad that you say that like it's not worth a $90 price tag. Party games in general are tough to justify $90. We're going to get into that a lot more today since that's the main topic of the show. Not so much Mario Party, more just the other party games, but uh even Super Mario Party, which came out uh what was that, three years ago mm-hmm. now. Uh at first it seems like a ton of fun, then after a while it's just like, eh, like how much replayability does this have really? There are at uh, least
1: a lot of modes in that one. You know, there's the river rafting, there's like the dancing mode you can do, like the rhythm game mode. And there's also a bunch of small little mini games like the the baseball uh game that perfect. we playing <laughs> which
0: we love. I, I, I don't know how to how to judge the Mario Party <laughs> series anymore. I'll hop in every so often. I'm excited to play it with you. But uh Glad that you got to play a, a couple games on the plane there and glad to have you back, of course. Uh, I, I got a Nintendo eShop gift card since my family does not know what games I want. Sure. Not as...
1: They don't listen to the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 they do not listen. To... <laughs> I,
0: I, I've dabbled with making a Google spreadsheet for them just to follow along in case they do need some ideas. But my, my sister got me an eShop gift card and uh, I was thinking about getting a, a new game there, something on sale since we had a ton of uh, Boxing Day sales. But I ended up picking up Mega Man Legacy collection. So nice. not a not a new game, not a new game, but uh, great games. I love Mega Man, so I'm excited to go back and play. That's a great collection. Too. And it was on sale for 12 bucks. So oh, wow. I think it's it Mega Man that. 1 through 6 in that collection, if I'm right. I believe so. And that one you can
1: also get on the GameCube, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. We haven't covered it yet, but uh, I'm going to play the Switch version now as my review of the games, even though it's not a complete one for one port. Yeah, I I love Mega Man, so I'm excited to jump back and play those games from the 80s. So uh, I'm just going to sit back and play some NES games. But while you were away, I found something really interesting. This is one last holiday uh, themed thing here. I was I was watching a YouTube video and it cut to an ad for I think it was M&M's. They use the same jingle that we do uh, for our Christmas theme. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like the the opening, the intro jingle. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I was like,
0: at first I thought like Spotify cut in or something. Like maybe I hit my Bluetooth headphone wrong and I was like, oh, we've cut to GameCube. But then it was an ad for M&Ms and I was like... How how public is this music file that we're using for this? Very public, I guess so. Very. So
1: <laughs> they went to uh, whoever, whatever intern had to get the music <laughs> for, for that
0: for that YouTube
1: commercial, went to the uh, the audio library on YouTube and found the free
0: uh, royalty free music yeah. and just added that to the commercial. And some executive was like, "Sure, yep, ship let's it, do it." I'm glad I'm glad to see that we're on the same wavelength as M&Ms. That's a good place to be, I think. Yeah. But uh, we're into 2022 now. Finally, uh, we can we can put everything from 2020 and 2021 behind us. I'm sure that that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but I have my uh, my calendar set up now. I have multiple calendars. Uh, one of the ones that I have is uh, the Dairy Farmers of Ontario calendar. I was thinking about this on a run the other day. Why is milk and the dairy industry so prevalent in Ontario? Do you think that that's a thing everywhere else? Like I remember as kids, ads for like milk on TV and yogurt and cheese, like all the time it is a lot it seems like a lot right but again you know we
1: haven't lived full-time anywhere else other than ontario that's true so we don't really maybe send us your comments (laughs) if in pennsylvania yeah for some reason they're also constant dairy farmers ads or just the calendars yeah like there's constantly these dairy farmer calendars that have squares like boxes that are too small to write anything in, mm, yeah. which I hate. I'm I'm a guy who needs a calendar with a big box mm, yeah. and a small number, not a tiny box and huge number. I know what date it is.
0: <laughs> I even like to sometimes fill it in myself. I'm also not a fan of like every single holiday always being in the calendar. Like, let me write that. I can I can I can figure <laughs> I know out those which
1: points. holidays to yeah. put in
0: here. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like get yeah, like five holidays in a single day, and I get that they're trying to be inclusive and everything. But I know what you're saying about the numbers being way too big on a calendar. Uh, i'm sure that like one percent of our listeners can relate to this because i'm sure nobody buys calendars anymore except for you and i i, I like to get yeah. the ones for free i like to find what kind of good ones i can get for free at grocery stores and magazines but i know you buy your own calendar don't you
1: i i often get the there's a Kurtz gazette which is a like or however you pronounce it it's a youtube channel uh they do educational educational videos i guess you could say and Sometimes as a gift, I will get this beautiful calendar that they put out every year. But it's uh, it's usually limited edition, so it's hard to get. So this year, I did get one. Sweet. So I'm very happy about that. And they have small numbers and big boxes. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah. But they do the European calendar, so it's weird. So it starts on Monday instead of Sunday. Oh, I'm
0: not a fan of that. That would throw Mm. me off so badly.
1: But you are right, Neil. We're in 2022. And so that means we have a new Patreon question. And it's Mm -hmm. very fitting because it's all about the number 22. And this one's from Ira Bell. Mm -hmm. uh, And she writes in, to celebrate a brand new year, what is each of your guys' top 10 favorite things associated with the number 22? Mm Mm-hmm. So, Neil, I'll let you go first for this one. This is a fun opening question.
0: It is fun, but iRebell also wanted to add no repeats. We have to have individual lists, and I did not realize how difficult this was going to be until I was just driving around thinking about the number 22, and then you were texting me things, and I was like, nope, thought about that one. You were like, yep, thought about that <laughs> one. It's really hard, but uh, we'll just go yeah. quickly through these, I guess. Uh, for me, my number the first thing that came to my mind was the Taylor Swift song, 22, I'm feeling 22, you know, Uh, singing that song a lot, worked in a grocery store, so I had to know that one. Uh, Fun fact, the Paramount logo, Uh, we talked about Paramount, uh, Canada's Wonderland, they used to own the big theme park here just outside of Toronto, has 22 stars in its logo.
1: Well, that's a fun one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought you might like that. Mike is Mike is loco for that logo. Uh, Of course, the seminal film 22 Jump Street. uh, Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, My parents got married when they were roughly 22 years old. So for me, it's very strange to look back on like their early wedding photos and whatnot and just think like, man, I'm six years older than they are now.
1: I didn't know your parents got
0: married that young.
1: Oh, my God. They were very young. Yeah. Can you imagine us getting married at 22? (laughs) Jesus, no. No, 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 no.
0: Like my dad might have been 23, but my mom was definitely 22. They got married. In '83, so yeah, uh, and then just skipping right into, like you said, when I I think of when I was 22, like 2015, <laughs> that was a, a bit of a weird year for me because that's when I switched. Uh, my career path i originally wanted to be like in fitness and personal training and whatnot and you switched to gamecube yeah switched completely to gamecube (laughs) i went to fan expo that year and i was like no this is what i want to (laughs) do this is what i want to do uh whenever i hear the word like the numbers two two side by side i think double double uh which is like a very famous coffee drink from tim hortons here Mm -hmm. in canada everybody's two two sugars two creams two sugars it's probably their most popular drink the double double yeah it's got got to be uh our episode 22 this is when I started to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our episode 22, which was uh, Final Fantasy, Crystal Chronicles, and RPGs. Okay. Uh, Nightfire is the 22nd James Bond game. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I don't know why I thought about looking that up. I just, like, counted the James Bond games, and Nightfire fell in 22. I think you have to count 007 Racing to make it count. But That's it, a Bond game. Yep, still counts. Yeah. Uh, Pharaoh is the 22nd Pokemon. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's someone I definitely have not thought of. That's a weird Pokemon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pharaoh's a weird one early on in the count too. Yeah. And last but not least, believe it or not, I wrote this maybe two or three weeks ago before we broke for the holidays, but Betty White was born in 1922 and she wow. recently passed away Like yeah. on New Year's Eve. We got the news there that uh, Betty White unfortunately passed away suddenly. Yeah. R.P. Uh, but yeah, I just thought of the year 1922 and uh, that was the year Betty White was born. So uh rest in peace to her of course and sorry to end it on a sour note but with that mike what are your 10 things that make you uh think of the number 22
1: I'll continue with people born in 1922 that's uh, Christopher Lee the really? amazing actor, Christopher Lee, was born in 1922, did not live till almost 100, but he did live, like, I think he was like 90 or a little older than that when he died. Yeah. Uh, 22nd Academy Awards, um, one of my favorite films, Bicycle Thieves, won Best Foreign Film. That was me scraping the, the, the bottom of the <laughs> a little bit there. But uh, Catch-22, uh, which hmm. is a band that you and I both love, uh, and... Walt 22, and also just Catch 22, the book, which is where the name is based off of, and the saying, just Catch 22, the idiom. Mm
0: -hmm. Catch 22, a very sentimental band for us, since that's where Streetlight Manifesto really is getting its start from. So uh, great band, great band. Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, there's a girl I liked in middle school, and she had the birthday
0: January 22nd. Would you like to throw her name out right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, her name, I don't remember her last name. I I, I wish I did. Her name was Laura. I remember that. Yeah. And she uh, she her birthday was January 22nd. And I it's funny because you remember birthdays that your classmates had, you know, very much more than like your friends now. I don't know if you have that as well, because it's like, I remember the ones who were in January. Because okay. you're almost like a – it's like a a club. It's like, oh, you have a January birthday? I also yeah, have January Yeah,
0: I can see that actually. Yeah, because I remember a guy that we were friends with uh, in our elementary school, and he was October 25th, and I remember mm-hmm. him – I only remember his birthday, and I remember yours mainly because I'm still friends with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but everybody else I honestly don't remember. <laughs>
1: I just remember, I remember I, I had a crush on her and I remember that her birthday was January 22nd. I was like, she's also maybe a Capricorn? Close? I don't know. I forget that is, how that
0: I, works. I don't know. I know <laughs> a, you're wrong, barking up the wrong tree with that one.
1: <laughs> Mike Bossy, a uh, great hockey player. He wore the number 22. The mm. song 22 by Melancholin, a great punk band that you and nice. I both love. A mm-hmm. uh, great song. Uh, Sportsnet, uh, the channel in uh, here in Canada, in Toronto, it's uh, channel 22. Uh, and this is a uh, one that was submitted by friend of the show, Harrison, because I had to ask him, I was like, do you know any good 22s, uh, for the 10th one here? And it is 22 is the number of cases in deal or no deal. Is that right? 20? Yeah. There, weren't there 30? I don't know. He said
0: 22. So <laughs> hang on. I'm looking that one up. Hang <laughs> okay, on. You hang look on. that up. And All if right. he's
1: wrong, then I'm sorry. I rebel.
0: <laughs> okay. There are 26 cases in deal or no deal. So wow. But your favorite case in Deal or No Deal was twenty twenty two. It was 22, if, of course. If, if you were to go on Deal or No Deal today in the year 2022, you'd have to pick case <laughs> number 22. Yeah, that was a good game show. My family and I watched that on a regular basis. But Ira Bell, thank you so much for that opening topic. That was that was actually a tough one. I really appreciate uh, topics like that. And yeah. lis- listeners, remember, if you want to support the show, you can always go over to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is cool. We have $5 a month and $1 a month tiers uh you get your name read in the credits and the option to submit an opening topic uh mike this intro is quite a bit long now so uh, why don't we jump into the uh the topic at hand
1: Yeah, let's jump into it. Let's talk about
0: party games today, Neil. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 79 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 354 games. You can visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week we did our annual year in review episode. You can go back and check that out. This week we're back on track talking about GameCube games to celebrate Mike's birthday month. We're here talking about party games on the GameCube. Unfortunately, we are not talking about any of the Mario Party games on the console. Uh, we did that episode a year ago. To this day, I believe for episode thirty-one. These are all the games that were based loosely on Mario Party and games that just have party in the title.
1: They're in there too. <laughs> yeah, there's um, you know, this was definitely. Definitely the era you know we talked a lot about how this was the era of every franchise getting its own kart racer well a lot of these franchises also got their own party games Mm -hmm. because uh they definitely had a very quick rise and fall uh and you'll see it in the the dates here i think basically every one of these games other than the last one was released in an 18 month span Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i think that's right uh but i think if you look into the wii generation i think you'd see a ton of party games there too like the wii was just home to so much shovelware and so many party games like games based on toys based on food based on movies like everything was delegated to a party game but the the popularity of it i think is what you mean by it being just a quick rise and fall like mario party 1 2 and 3 on n64 are classic games the ones on gamecube are very good too they were just they came out so fast there was one basically every year when the game was was out yeah yeah and uh like In today's gaming landscape, there really are no big party games to speak of Uh, other than something like, well, Mario Party still exists, but my mind instantly goes to Jackbox Party Pack. I think that they're doing an absolutely brilliant job of keeping the party genre alive, Uh, but there's nothing else that's really... Getting anywhere close to that one?
1: No, I mean couch co-op is just like it's a. I wouldn't say it's dying. Well, it is dying in in a way because of online. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But but couch co-op still has like a a big part in a lot of people's lives, and I think, you know, just the other day I was looking at the top selling games on the Nintendo Switch, like for each month, and Overcooked One and Two always make the top ten, and that. Always makes me happy because those are new party games in a way. They're very yeah. much built around that
0: uh, that couch co op idea. Well, what's funny is that Overcooked. If you were to really boil it down, it's it could be a single mini game in a party game because m- most of the games that we're talking about today, including Mario Party, are games that consist of thirty mini games that you play alongside a board game of some kind and what a lot of indie games and indie studios have done especially in like the 2010s and now in the 2020s is that they've taken really like one mini game out of a mario party game and have made an entire game based on it not necessarily something, you know, like a big game, like a Final Fantasy game or a God of War or something, but just like something that you can digest in maybe five to ten hours with friends and play levels that get progressively harder. Like they basically flesh out mini games. Uh Yeah. I think of like Overcooked, like you said. There's also a similar game called Moving Out. Uh, Boomerang Fu is a game that a friend of the show, Kirsten, introduced us to, which is a ton of fun. You really like that game Fall Guys. I remember that really being yeah. like something out of a Mario Party game. And even something like a very small experience, like Astro Bears, which is basically like a 3D <laughs> snake game. Uh, I bought that game for a cent, I think, on Switch a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, but I was like, "This is just a Mario Party minigame. There's nothing to it." Uh, but that's, that, a, that's that's an really amazing
1: what, point. Like yeah. the the fact that like I never even thought about it like that. But you're absolutely right. These great Mario Party games, like you know, I could we can consider one to seven as being all very successful, critically mm-hmm. and commercially successful Mario Party games. They did spawn a whole I almost want to call it like middle class of gaming. Like just like this, (laughs) these games that aren't, no, they're not big games. They're always indie developers and publishers who are making these, but they're making these interesting uh, situations and scenarios that they're deriving from basically the old Mario Party games because some of those mini games are a lot of fun and some Mm -hmm. of them are quite long too. Like they're quite fleshed out. Like we said, I was playing Superstars the other day and I forgot how fun some of these really really good mini games are in the top 100
0: yeah and you want to play more of them like you want to play another version of it and that's really why i took to overcooked so quickly when we played it for the first time i think it was around 2015 I played that one and I was just like, this is exactly like uh, Lights, Camera, Pants, the Krabby pa- or the crusty the crab minigame where you're cooking yeah. hamburgers and you're serving up food. <laughs> that's literally what they did. They just took that game. I'm sure that there's other versions of that game, and uh, but that's why I loved it so much was because it was just this extended version of a game that I love so much. We're not going to be talking about Lights, Camera, Pants today. That game is going into the SpongeBob episode later on this year, but uh, let's jump right into the first game of the day here, uh, which is Pac-Man Fever, released on September 3rd 2002 this game is developed by mass media uh they make Namco museum uh, mostly connect mostly collections mafia 3 and saints row this game is published by namco it's also on playstation 2 rates of 5 out of 10 this game is priced today at around 30 dollars, and of course it's a party game uh based on the long 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 running pac-man series obviously yeah, get ready
1: to hear the name Mass Media at least three more times today <laughs> because <laughs> oh uh, you'll you'll see a running theme between a lot of these developers. But yeah, Pac-Man Fever, well, just Pac-Man in general, obviously, um, released in 1980, May 1980, actually, is when the Pac-Man first came out. Uh, obviously, one of the longest-running video game uh, anything of all time uh, <laughs> yeah. that is still relevant. <laughs> uh, Pac-Man 99 coming out uh, just last year, which was a ton of fun and a great way to kind of bring people back into Pac-Man and into that world.
0: Yeah, I-, I love Pac-Man. It's like, it's it really is like the oldest video game thing that you can think about today. That is still relevant. Like people can name Pong, but really no one knows what pong like no no one has like a version of pong that they can really say that they play today but <laughs> yeah. but you probably have a version of pac-man somewhere on a platform that you hold uh the game the name pac-man has sold 48 million copies across all platforms it's a 14 billion dollar ip uh one of my favorite things about pac-man is still we we were addicted to, or we loved this show when we were in college it was like my strange addiction no, no, or something is it, it, that uh, it? totally obsessed Totally obsessed. Thank you so much. And one of the best episodes is still the guy that was obsessed with Pac-Man. He had I Pac-Man. He just yelled out of his car. People <laughs> pa- some of that had to have been staged. But what was hilarious is that like he had a wife and like everything in their house was Pac-Man themed. He like had played Pac-Man a million times. But it's he wasn't my...
1: good at the game. No, he that? was horrible at it.
0: He was horrible <laughs> at it. One of my favorite would things. <laughs> you, would you confidently say that you're good at Pac-Man? No. It's a really no.
1: hard game. And that's the thing. It's it's a game that is almost a, impossible to master because mm-hmm. it is super unforgiving because you have to remember in the 80s, these games were just about being hard so you got coins, like or mm-hmm. so that you gave the machine coins.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's a completely different era of gaming where the games were just trying to, to be as hard as possible, but like yeah. you look at video games nowadays and developers want you to play the games long enough to... To be satiated, like 25 to 30 hours, maybe you buy some DLC, uh, but they want to keep you engaged as long as possible. But if games came out today that were as hard as they were in the 80s, I don't think gaming would be as big as it is right now. It would no. be much more of a niche thing. But it got me thinking what like the highest or like the best score is in Pac-Man. And uh, fun fact... Perfect game of Pac-Man was actually played by a fellow by the name of Billy Mitchell uh, from Florida, who became the first person ever to achieve the game's perfect score of three million three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred sixty points. Uh, in order to do this, you have to clear all two hundred fifty-six stages without without a single miss, and consume all the Pac dots, fruits, and ghosts. Uh, every level has the four ghosts and uh, the power pellets as well. So, isn't
1: isn't he the one who cheated at Donkey Kong?
0: Oh, maybe. I'm not sure.
1: I think that's the same guy. Uh, okay. And I, I, I don't know if he... I'm assuming he got the perfect Pac-Man. Like, that's okay. Like, that's not cheating, but who knows? Again, someone can rate us and tell us.
0: <laughs> there is a way... I think there is a Pac-Man glitch where you can uh, put, put your Pac-Man character, like, in a corner and nothing will touch you and you can, like, go use the washroom... Because otherwise you're playing this game for like days. Um, but oh, there true, is like a yeah. way to cheat a pause in the game. Otherwise, there's like no pause. But if you're out there thinking that you don't have Pac-Man on your Switch, your PS5, your Xbox or whatever, cool fact, if you Google Pac-Man, uh, there's a playable version of Pac-Man in the Google browser. Just straight there. So you can play really? Pac-Man anytime you want when you're bored at work. Yeah. Oh, i play it right now. It- oh okay well while well, you're doing that <laughs> pac-man fever is an exclusive game to north america which is really interesting the game is basically mario party if you want to look at it that way
1: yep well again another <laughs> running theme from this episode yeah. it's going to be games that are basically mario party mm-hmm. uh this is an interesting pac-man by the way not pac-man fever but pac-man google that i'm playing right now uh because it goes around the google logo and so yeah. i'm I very much have muscle memory in terms of, like, where to go for Pac-Man, and, uh, you know, this is screwing me up a lot, so I died. But uh, (laughs) after I died, let's go, let's talk about Pac-Man Fever. Yeah, this game is very generic. I would say generic would be the best word to talk about this, uh, talk about this game. Uh, Yeah, it's just a four-player multiplayer game. It features six characters from other Namco games uh, to choose from, so, of course, we have Pac-Man. Uh, we also have uh, Astaroth from Soul Calibur, which I thought was a yep. pretty cool inclusion. We mm-hmm. have Hihachi from Tekken, which uh, I always I wanted Hihachi in Smash actually, but uh, you know we'll,
0: we'll, I'll take him in, in Pac-Man fever instead. We'll get him in the next Smash bros, don't worry.
1: We have Miss Pac-Man, which is of course we talk about a lot, is the Miss Pac-Man is actually the game that you remember. Yes. Uh, more so than the original Pac-Man, mm-hmm. uh, we have Tiger Jackson from Tekken and uh, Reiko Nagasi from Ridge Racer. I don't. I've never even heard of Ridge Racer, Neil, but that might be dating me. because No?
0: I... Oh, Ridge Racer is actually a pretty well-known franchise. It was really big on uh, PS2 and PSP, actually. I think uh, those see, that's are the why. Games that, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if they make new games anymore, but I didn't know any of the names of the characters from Ridge Racer. I just sure. know it as it's up there with like Burnout and Need for Speed and, okay. and those types of racing games. So we need to get uh, racing expert Allie on the show to talk more about Ridge Racer. But uh, Pac-Man <laughs> Fever also has a bunch of different levels in the game, too. You've got your classic boards like like a Mario party game, you've got your tropical, your space and medieval, uh, each has its own set of mini games. Uh, it, it really, it just sounds like you're explaining a Mario party game, but it's so weird how like you, you erase or you remove the polish from a Mario party game. And really what, what you have left is not fun. Uh, it, it's just, it's just, it just like goes to show you, like when you look at these party games and there's a bunch more, we're going to talk about today, but when you take away that charm and polish from Mario party games, they're really, they really are bad. And as, as, negative as some of the mario party games have reviewed over the years like the ones on wii and especially wii u nothing was ever really quite as bad as like nothing ever looked quite as bad as like a pac-man fever or (laughs) we're going to talk about a shrek game in a little bit which is just god awful (laughs) um like none of those games they all were nicely polished games they all still had that nintendo charm the mini games or the way that the the boards were set up might not have been ideal but they at least were finished games (laughs) exactly
1: and that's that's the thing here because these games you know clearly not a lot of love was put into them clearly namco just farmed out mass media because they knew they had done similar stuff and said hey just make us a party game we need one to go out to fulfill this contract which it seems like Mm -hmm. uh what happened on that one uh honestly i think i prefer the song to the uh to (laughs) to
0: the game neil yeah pac-man fever it's a hit single by buckner and garcia uh from the early 1980s uh just a song about the classic game pac-man Imagine a song about a video game hitting number nine on the Billboard Top 100 in the United States. What's funny is that that, that song was also featured in uh, episodes of South Park, Family Guy. Yep. Uh, so it's that, that song hit mainstream success. Uh, the single sold 1.2 million copies in 1982. So it's kind of cool that they went full circle and made a game based on the song title. But uh, yeah, the song was definitely far more successful than the game
1: yeah yeah i would (laughs) i would definitely agree with that one uh but yeah just the the final thoughts um you know they they probably the devs probably did their best on this one in terms of the resources they were given to create this game but honestly the graphics really take me out of it It, they're they're quite bad for uh for a game for a GameCube game they look like it I know mid N64 graphics
0: mid N64 like they were trying to do a cell shaded look but it didn't work it's very colorful very bright very uh Sega looking actually but Namco had like this kind of budget looking Sega art style to itself uh yeah. in the 2000s and it it, uh, it does not age well to say the least but l- let's move on to a game that's actually really good but before we do that let's read the back of the case but first Victor hit us with that sweet jingle It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. GameCube is cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support Pac-Man the Pac Man Fever you TM is an outrageously fun and challenging party game. Choose from, one from of some of the most famous Nora Namco years. characters it's and battle on boards to win redemption tickets. Cash in those winning know. tickets Damn. to buy the multitude of minigames that will allow you to chase after those pesky ghosts and regain the Namco trophy. Grab your friends and family because Namco is bringing you a party game like no other. I'm sure there's plenty of other like games all, like it. <laughs> yeah, but like many others. <laughs> like many. That would be hilarious if they acknowledge that. Anyway, let's move on to the a good Pac-Man game here, which is Pac-Man Versus. Came out on December 2nd, 2003. Developed by Nintendo EAD and Namco. This game was published by Namco. It's a GameCube exclusive. Rates an 8 out of 10. Priced today at around $30 and... This is a straight-up maze game. It's not technically a party game in the traditional sense of the word, but it is a multiplayer version of Pac-Man where... Uh, you and four friends can get together and play Pac-Man as the ghosts and one player plays as Pac-Man. It's a really neat concept.
1: It's a very cool concept and it it was spearheaded by Nintendo actually as a tech demo that's kind of where this started as Mm -hmm. but uh, remember when I said that Cubivore uh, way back in episode 13 I think it was uh, I said that Cubivore was the only non-published Nintendo developed game. Uh, and just a weird one atlas published that game instead of nintendo well i lied because Ooh. this game exists where a namco published it and not nintendo and that's wow. mostly because nintendo was working on like i said a tech demo for specifically to do with the game boy advance uh connector uh and they were just fooling around and Uh, they were creating a sort of maze game and, uh, Miyamoto was involved in the process. And I guess at some point someone was like, Hey, this looks like (laughs) Pac-Man. Like, let's get, um, let's see if Namco would be interested. And Namco and, and, uh, and Nintendo at this point were, were friends. They had good relations. So Namco said, sure, why not? Uh, you guys can make a game with us and we'll help you with it. And here we are with Pac-Man versus.
0: And it's funny because in Mario Party games, there's a ton of maze-type minigames, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not too surprising that they eventually came to the conclusion of a Pac-Man game. I think I remember you saying in the Cube before episode, it was like eighty weeks ago now, but I think you asked or you put out a like a message to see if anybody else could think of a non-published Nintendo video game or a game that was on you know an exclusive not published by Nintendo. So you found it mm-hmm. yourself, which is really good well <laughs> yeah, done. there we
1: go <laughs> well we had less listeners at that point too but <laughs> yeah that's
0: true we got a lot more listeners now and uh but uh i think that I, i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think that this is probably the best use of the game boy advance connector that we've seen so far absolutely um, b- yeah by far yeah, yeah.
1: I-, I think of this almost like a like playing mafia or werewolf in the sense of when you start up the game and it, you actually have four people it's kind of a randomized version of who's going to be pac-man at first yeah uh, and uh, it's like, oh, you're a Pac-Man. And so then everyone else is a ghost running away. And I think it's a, a cool idea of how to do it. The only problem really is the the connector and the fact that you're constantly passing controllers back and forth.
0: Yeah. I don't know why you couldn't have played this without the connector and just play with four GameCube controllers. I yep. get that there's the gimmick where the player with the Game Boy Advance connector is seeing basically a classic Pac-Man board on their Game Boy Advance. Uh, God help you with that. But, I mean, if you have an SP, I guess it's okay. But if you're playing on the classic Game Boy Advance, that's got to be rough. Um, But it would be fine, or it would be okay if they just had, like, a four-player split screen. Um, I know that the idea is that they don't want the ghosts to be able to see Pac-Man, so it's kind of like a Wii U uh, situation here which is first like, thing
1: I thought of yeah. yeah
0: it's like an early warning sign that the Wii U is not the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> warning. Warning yeah. this is coming. <laughs> yeah a little bit early kind of like just warning signs that the canary in the coal mine here which is really funny. Uh, another issue is just that you can't play the game by yourself. Like why wasn't there just like a single Pac-Man mode here?
1: Yep. So uh so I actually had this game thanks to a friend of the show Jed. Mm. He lent me it uh it's actually in the bundle uh, first of all, there were quite a few bundles with Pac-Man versus they put it yeah. in a bunch of stuff uh, and but the one I have here is Pac-Man versus along with Pac-Man world 2, which is a great bundle. This is the way to, to sell this game for sure. Uh, but when I put the the game in, I didn't know that you actually couldn't play this game with just one person. That's wild. And so I was like, uh, I was kind of sitting there being like, can I how do I connect? And so I looked it up. And it was like, Oh, I actually can't. Right. So i did find a way to play this game though neil Mm -hmm. okay there is the most ideal way to play apparently uh, which is on namco museum this game is in there and you can play that on the ds uh and uh, with just a cartridge without anything else so that is actually the best way to do it and you can also emulate that and that's what i did
0: okay that's smart that that's really neat, and this is this is a game that can easily be ported to Switch, and I think it would be fantastic I as a Switch so, port. Yeah. Like, dude, it'd be so cool. Like, having like everyone can use their Switches, or like even throw maybe a phone connection. This is just pie in the sky now. But uh, what's what's really cool about th- this game, or just neat, is that. This game requires no buttons to play. Pac-Man was strictly a joystick game and they kept it the same here. Uh, so okay. I think yeah. that this would be a great game to like show kids if you're looking for a, a game to get your kids started. Pac-Man really is like the ultimate starter for a for a video game.
1: And just the the genius of of somehow making Pac-Man into a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. you know that's a that's a tough task, right? Mm. You know that's that's literally taking something that's so embedded in culture. Uh, in pop culture today, with uh, with Pac- Pac-Man as a single player game, yeah. right? And the whenever you want to play a multiplayer, in quotes, it's taking turns. Who's going to get the better score? But then you uh, Miyamoto is somehow able to find a way to create this experience where you're actually playing as the ghosts and Pac-Man, and I think that just you know this would have been one of the best games. What uh, one of the best multiplayer games just on any system at that at this point? If it weren't for the Game Boy Advance connector.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And uh, of course, so Miyamoto, who we've mentioned before, he's the lead designer, the architect of Mario, uh, Pikmin. Of course, he's really the creative head of Nintendo and has been for many, many years. And uh, with his inclusion in this, he of course brought Mario. Into the fold in this game in a funny mm-hmm. way. Neil Mario is the announcer, I guess you could say, the commentator. Yeah,
0: he's he's <laughs> the commentator. Yeah, and that, that, what's funny is that that was actually one of the uh, one of the critiques of the game was that Mario can become a bit annoying, but I actually thought it made it kind of charming. It was really neat. I enjoyed watching like a, a mini game, of Pac-Man versus the ghost and hearing Mario say things. And oh
1: no. Yeah. It
0: was, it was great. <laughs> I, I really liked it. At first yeah, I thought too. it might've been Luigi, but it was kind of hard to tell at first, but yeah, it is Mario.
1: You're right. Hearing him yell Pac-Man versus like when the game starts up was one of the weirdest experiences I've, I've ever had. Yeah. Has he ever, has he ever yelled a game that isn't a Mario game? Exactly. That's what I was thinking, right? Where he's like, Pac-Man versus so versus... Whoa, weird. that's really weird. And yeah. even the music. So I got to give a huge credit to the music here because I had it... While I was looking up on how to play this game, <laughs> while I had it on my screen, I had the music going in the main menu. Yeah. And, you know, it was there for a while. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is the Pac-Man theme, mm-hmm. but completely reorchestrated and redone to like almost like a Mario Party theme. Yeah. And like, it, it felt like I was hearing this mario Mario party music but then it turned out to be like the pac-man theme kind of redone and i i I thought that was so cool
0: i think that they could have gone a little further into the crossover between the mushroom kingdom and pac-man like having mushroom kingdom style mazes maybe like playing as boo ghosts from mario like like switch up the ghosts a little bit maybe playing as like like a toad instead of a pac-man head like just something like have some more cross-pollination there i think that they were like They went like, they they dipped their toe in like 5%, but if they have gone like a complete 50-50, I think it would have been a really neat, uh, really neat game and still being... uh still being true to pac-man's roots one thing that's missing from the game i think that's one of the blatant things missing is like a high point system like that or having i guess the ability to save high scores like this oh, game yeah yeah this, yeah this game does not use the memory card at all and that's the whole point of an arcade is to save your high points like the very famous episode of seinfeld where george and jerry are trying to save a frogger machine because <laughs> george still has the high score on it like i think of something like pac-man versus like that would be an excellent thing to have on have like a leaderboard for it to show like who's the best Pac-Man of your family and friends and everything. Like save those high scores. I think that that would be a really neat thing to do, uh, especially like nowadays with online leaderboards and everything. Uh, you don't have to save everything on a memory stick. You can put it straight onto your your Nintendo ID or something and play against each other.
1: Yeah, I thought the replayability was a little lacking. Yeah. Also, the AI in this game is actually really well done. So you've mentioned this to me many times, Neil, and um, I like to tell it to other people too because it's a fun fact, <laughs> but each ghost does have their own personality yeah. and moves in different ways. And they brought this to the game in terms of if you are playing you know, with just two people and the other ghosts are there, and they're the CPUs. They do move in in those specific ways. I forget exactly how each one works, but um, that the N- Nintendo made sure to program them in the the original way, but in this three D space was was really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember now what their exact there's uh, the names. Uh, yeah, I'm try- Blinky, up the- yeah, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde are the names of the ghosts. Uh, that's a great trivia, great trivia question for you there, I guess. Yeah, they they all have very different personalities, which is really ahead of its time for an arcade game from 1982. Yes. I think we said. <laughs> uh, but like a three v one or a four v one multiplayer game is. Very popular in Mario Party, but it just makes me think of games today. Again, games that just take that concept and run with it. The games like Evolve or some other 4v1 games that are really popular, like Friday the 13th. I think there's now a Predator game that's similar to that too. Uh, so like this is kind of like an original Evolve, if you will, which is which is really neat. Um, but yeah, love, love Pac-Man. Would love to pick up Pac-Man versus, but uh, I'll talk more about that towards the end of the episode. That's all I have to say about this game, Mike. Should we hit the back of the case and uh, move on from Pac-Man?
1: Yes, uh, and I have the back of the case here, Neil, so uh, oh, perfect. I, can, I, I can read that for us.
0: As you shall. All right, go for it.
1: Can you catch Pac-Man? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no
0: one can. No.
1: Des- designed by Shigeru Miyamoto, exclusively for Namco and the Nintendo GameCube choose from six different mazes and play as either pac-man or the ghosts supports two to four players so compete against your friends to earn points and win the game the pac-man versus video game can only be played with a game boy advance and connectivity cable (laughs) uh connected to your gamecube sold separately so yeah the i'd say just the number one critique of this is the barrier to entry is Yo. quite high to play this game.
0: Yeah, to play the game, like you have to have a Game Boy Advance player, but it, you only need you have one. You still have game. a Game Boy Advance, though. Yeah, you, need to, Advance, <laughs> you need to have a Game Boy Advance, which weren't too expensive, but you don't need to have a Game Boy Advance copy of Pac-Man, and you only need one cable, which is not nearly as bad as Crystal Chronicles. No, uh, well, that's or, just stupid. Yeah. yeah, that one was just dumb. <laughs> uh, but the barrier to entry to play, you do need a little bit of hardware to play it, but just finding the game was challenging for people. Like it's a pack-in; you had to buy another game with it. So, and it was also low. I think it was a low print as well, so it was just hard to find unfortunately but Did this uh, game
1: get sold on its own That's
0: i don't actually... think so okay, i don't yeah. believe so no i think it was only sold as a pack in
1: yeah because i saw it with pac-man world 2 i also saw it with i ninja mm-hmm. uh, which is a bundle uh i saw a couple times and i think i saw it with another one maybe pac-man world 3
0: yeah it was packed in with i have it in my notes here okay. let me see it was packed in with R racing evolution oh, i ninja yeah. and then pac-man uh, world 2 so okay yeah, it makes it a little difficult to pick up when your game is only a pack-in. I don't know. That's very much a 2000s thing. I don't know why uh, Why that was an idea. I got it for like maybe movie tie-ins, but uh, no, not for, a, not for a Namco only game. No, nope, but no. Nope let's move on here to our next game of the day which is monopoly party which was released on november 20th 2002 this game is developed by runecraft they're responsible for a butt ugly martians game that never got released in north america and super bubble pop this game is published by infogrames also on ps2 rates a 5 out of 10 priced today at around 20 dollars this is, of course, a party game, like we've said before. Uh, before we jump into this game, though, Mike, let's talk really quickly about Monopoly and the history around it.
1: I thought you were going to say, let's talk really quickly about But Ugly Martians, because <laughs> I, I'm really sad that we we that's not a North American game. I would like yeah. to talk about that at one point, but uh, sure. maybe in a, in a, uh, a PAL region uh, episode we'll have at some point, we'll talk about But Ugly Martians. Shh, but, sure. Yes, Monopoly, of course. We've all played it. Literally, I, I, there's no way there's someone... Who's has listened to this, who has never played Monopoly. No. Uh, you you have to, yeah. you might hate playing Monopoly. I'm, I'm sure lots of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people have had horrible 10 hour experiences playing Monopoly <laughs> because this game never seems to end. I, I can't remember ever winning Monopoly. Well, I've heard, I've heard <laughs>
0: that games that, that take too long in Monopoly just means that you're not playing with the correct house rules or that your house rules are wrong. I've heard that a proper game in Monopoly shouldn't last longer than an hour. But, oh, but if you make... I don't think I've ever played no. something
1: a Monopoly game that's lasted last I've listened an hour. to
0: podcasts though with serious Monopoly players and they're done in thirty minutes because like they there's no hostages. Like it's a it's a yeah. brutal like it's it's risk on steroids, basically. Uh <laughs> but yeah, it's an insanely popular board game like in pop culture. Everybody knows the phrase, like do not pass go, go to jail, like collect 200. probably the first board game really it really is one of the first like mass marketed board games all the way back it dates all the way back to 1935 by parker brothers who are still around today uh it's de- it was designed by lizzie maggie and charles darrow it was created to demonstrate that an economy that rewards wealth creation is better than one where monopolists work under few constraints, uh, which I find hilarious because there are multiple Disney Monopoly boards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very, thank you. But it's actually based on the 1903 board game, The Landlord's Game, which is kind of similar. That was the one, I believe, that Lizzie Maggie created, and then Charles mm. Darrow made it into more of what we know today as Monopoly, uh, but it's been printed in uh, over, 100, over 100 countries and in 37 languages. Uh, there's 23 video games based on the board game. And according to variety, there's over 300 official versions of monopoly, the board game.
1: Oh, I can believe it. I can believe there's more like, you, yeah. I, I've seen a thousand, it feels like I've seen a thousand licensed monopoly games are everywhere. Dude, there's, there's I, a monopoly
0: <laughs> board game. Uh, I, you and I both lived in Mississauga, a small, uh, you know, suburb outside of Toronto. There's a monopoly Mississauga. If you go to Walmart in, uh, in that area. Wow.
1: Yeah. See, like it, they're everywhere. It's. I grew up playing the NHL Monopoly, Ooh. Uh, and I had so much fun playing that. One of my favorite memories was was playing with my uncle, playing um and uh, my my version of NHL Monopoly, and he also had Lord of the Rings Monopoly. Okay, and so we would play that a lot. I think uh, the the two blue tiles were the Leafs and the Canadians okay. for uh, uh for hockey, and then I believe uh, for Lord of the Rings it was Sauron. <laughs> And, who uh, Gollum, I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> No, Gollum was a red one, I believe. Oh, my God, I can't why can't I think? Maybe it was just the Shire. It could have been the Shire.
0: Could have honestly? Been. It, it's yeah. funny how you amass copies of monopoly at least my family did we would just get random copies for christmas like we had monopoly <laughs> monopoly junior monopoly star wars and then monopoly spongebob
1: which do you remember what the blue tiles were in spongebob no no idea
0: i don't remember Krusty ever. Crab?
1: it's gotta be crusty crab <laughs> probably i think
0: we should play that version really soon though i think that'd be a lot of yeah, fun we should. <laughs> I, I i i do love collecting like versions of monopoly or just seeing like there's nintendo monopoly out there of course like zelda monopoly i just like how many versions do you need before it just gets ridiculous right it's the same
1: So I, I used to play, uh, we created our own Monopoly hmm. uh, when I, I used to go to a Cottage, which was a, a couple hours outside of Toronto. And the community there was a very tight knit community and we knew all the stores, we knew all the shops and the, the beaches were around there. And so we uh, created our own Monopoly board with all these places that we knew. And that was like a lot, a lot of fun to do, especially on rainy days. We would play these uh, play Monopoly and uh, it was like you were going to the, the little stores and the little areas that we knew so well.
0: I don't think I've ever heard a more perfect way to explain the pre-internet era than saying when we were bored, we made our own Monopoly game. like there's no better way to explain what it's like to be bored without the internet (laughs) than just yeah because that's what it was
1: (laughs) it was so much fun it was honestly like i i loved every minute that we played that game and i don't like playing monopoly usually (laughs) yeah
0: it it gets gets heated for sure my my version of monopoly that i think i played the most of was the the version that you get in the cereal box when like kellogg's cereal we had like life you had uh, i think operation was one too but then i used to play the life one a lot yeah life was very good and monopoly was one of those games as well a very popular cereal box game but monopoly party is very similar to that actually uh right when you start this game up though this has one of the most hype startup videos of all time yes where where it's just scanning over a monopoly board but in the center of the board you've got like dinosaurs and volcanoes and like going through ancient civilizations and space they spent all their money on this this dude (laughs) it's so it's so crazy how like it goes from that to just like this kind of it looks like you're like an, like if you had a game to play on an elevator it would be monopoly party like it's just it's something completely boring from what they just showed you oh,
1: it looks yeah yeah cuz again it's such a it's such a hype opening cutscene yeah. it, it looks very different very unique and then you start playing this game and it it just looks so so tacky so uh, a cereal box pc game yeah like um yeah slow for sure and and the i gotta say the the artwork mm. the box art so there's there's two different box arts there's the pal oh, boxer boy. and there's the the north american one the north american one my god it's you should never put photos of people N- first of all nope on the on cover <laughs> and this one of course has four it looks like looks like 20 somethings on a on the box who are inside a TV screen mm-hmm. uh, and you know this this picture looks so like 1993 or something yeah. it, it looks very dated even for then uh, and then their their cutout faces are also in the back of the case and its just one of the most cringe cases I've ever
0: seen where do you think these people are now
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you think these were like stock photo people or like they, you know? they know somebody from Parker <laughs>
0: Brothers or their their uncle works at Nintendo I don't know
1: yeah, it uh, that that the the European case is much much better. Mm. Uh, I mean, much better in the sense that there's no actual people on it. It's still not very good. The <laughs> the only thing that Monopoly should have on it is just the board itself. Like you, that sells itself right there. You don't need to have anything else. Yeah, or
0: just like the the guy, like the picture of the just the logo, the Monopoly yeah, like guy, the... or like a picture of yeah. like the pieces lined up on the board with the dice and the money stacked up behind them. You can make it look really good for sure. You do not need these these kid photos from chucky e. cheese pasted on yeah, it yeah. but that aside like when you start the game up it is it is rather slow to watch like the classic version of monopoly being played like when you roll the dice your character moves along the board but it doesn't just slide along the board which, oh, is, when, it which is how slowly you slowly hop everybody when you play a board game you do not hop unless you're like three years old <laughs> well once you know how to count with dice you just you slide <laughs> your character along the board but this one like basically puts the piece down on the on the spot and then picks it up again, puts it on the next one. So God help you if you roll a 12. <laughs> uh, but uh, there is a version in the game, the Monopoly party version, where everybody goes at once, which is probably why Nintendo never lets everybody go all at once in a Mario party game because it completely yeah. destroys Monopoly if everybody goes at once.
1: I was watching this. So again, you know, we haven't played this game, God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, I... Obviously, did research, was watching this, and yeah, I did not understand the party version of this game at all. It's just chaos. Yeah,
0: yeah, because like everyone's moving along the board, everyone's buying property. There's biddings going on at once. Like it, it just breaks Monopoly really. Like when you do it like that, it it does not work. Um, I just found
1: even the, the the UX, the user the user experience of playing Monopoly, even in the classic way, mm. was very convoluted in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like. Because I, I played Monopoly digital games before, I guess probably the, the same one that you did, uh, that we found in the cereal box, and that one, for, from what I remember, was better than this. Yeah, uh, in terms of how they showed it, they they showed it in a. You know, just a, a, a nicer view as well. Like, I understood what was going on. It felt like mm-hmm. I was just playing a digital board game. This feels like I'm playing something entirely different, but with <laughs> worse results. Yeah,
0: exactly. But, like, this was a... There was Monopoly games on... I think there's a Monopoly game on almost every single Nintendo console. I can picture... There's one on the Switch one on uh, the, right now. I was about to say, the most recent one on Switch is... If, you, if you're if you itching for a virtual Monopoly game, definitely pick up the Switch one. It rates like eights and nines almost across the board. It's made by Ubisoft. I think they have the rights to making Monopoly video games now. Uh, that game's really good. The box art, can't complain about it really. It's what we're <laughs> describing basically with the Monopoly man standing... And a big simcity looking board, which is great. Uh, it's also like eighty percent off. I mean, this is going to date the no. <laughs> podcast, but
1: I think right now it's like eighty percent off because it's, it's regularly like fifty dollars, yes, yeah. which is very high. It goes on but sale I think a lot. Right now it's like fifteen. It goes so. on
0: sale a lot. It's like the. It's always Ubisoft is always putting stuff on sale, and Monopoly is always thrown in there with whatever Assassin's Creed game and Tom Clancy game they just put out. But and the
1: rabbits, those rabbits games oh, are always on those sale. those rabbits
0: games. Man, they're always they're always bumping around. But uh, I, I love having board games on on video game consoles because it lets you do the one thing that a physical board game doesn't let you do is it lets you pause it without taking up a table in your house which is nice
1: i was gonna say that and the fact that there's no setup time you know half the reason to not play board games is the setup time (laughs)
0: wouldn't it be (laughs) great if there was a virtual like mousetrap game which is like the only reason why you'd want that game is to set it up but they do it for you (laughs) but no you're right like i love having a board game where like you don't have to do any work to set up like a game like Risk, which takes time to set up or like even just chess. Like it just takes a couple of minutes. It's nice to just pop it in and you're ready to go. Monopoly takes time, too. That's probably one of the bigger ones.
1: The game I play like Wingspan a lot, you know, mm. that that game uh takes a long time to set up. And it just takes a long time to play in person, especially if you're playing with five people. Mm. Uh, you know, playing it digitally and playing it cross platform, like that's just a huge win for me. For board games that I can play online with people, mm. it's. I think that's especially during times like a pandemic. Yeah, it's invaluable.
0: Yeah, but Monopoly Party is not one of those games. I, I, <laughs> I wish I had more memories around the board game Monopoly. That was not a game that my family and I played a heck of a lot. I think it's just because my brother, my sister, and I were such different age groups, and we fought a lot that my parents didn't want to. (laughs) another reason to fight like
1: that's an easy reason there's a
0: seven year age gap between my brother and my sister and i'm in between right so they did not want to have too much fighting and like explaining the rules to my sister who's the youngest and my Mm. brother who's the oldest it would have been too much of a nightmare too many pieces too much math so we just played the game of life and clue mostly but i would love to talk more about board games in a a future episode but unfortunately this is one of the few board games that we had on uh, on gamecube yeah yeah one
1: of the very few and Kind of sad that it didn't get a better release, honestly. But uh, yeah, life goes on, y'all.
0: Life goes on. So let's read the back of the case for Monopoly Party and move on to the next game on our list. It's high stakes fun. No, the Monopoly Party <laughs> game is the fastest way to discover what your friends are really like. It's an intense buying, trading, building, and deal-making frenzy because every player moves at the same time. Who will cut you a deal when the chips are down and who will bankrupt you faster than you can say Marvin Gardens? Play the Monopoly party game and find out.
1: I will say the other thing that really had a big loss for me for this game was that there were no licenses or no attempts Mm. to have license like different different boards for different licenses, you know? Like I think right now it's just like space, yeah. there's the the jungle one or dinosaurs or whatever. It would have been really cool if they did try and get some licenses in there. Like imagine if uh, they did
0: come out with a Monopoly game and were like, "Yep, all 300 boards. Here they are." Like
1: Yeah, like I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, no. but like even like even a, like 6, you know, I'll take 6 boards that have different licenses, like a Warner monopoly or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It'd be really neat. They they got around it. Like they did a fantasy board instead of Lord of the Rings. They did a sci-fi board instead of star Wars, like prehistoric instead of, jurassic park like you can see where the th- the uh the franchises would have been but that would actually be a really neat way for uh parker brothers to like admit what the official boards are if they said like featuring up until 2022 all official monopoly boards like canon monopoly boards if you will i think that'd be really funny uh funny thing to yeah. put out just to piss off anybody that thinks that they own a rare piece of monopoly history when they don't <laughs> but let's move on to my favorite game on the list today which is shrek super party <laughs> was released on may 30th 2003 developed by mass media published by tdk media active platform it's also on ps2 this game rates a 4 out of 10 price today at around 25 dollars uh we're going to talk a lot more about shrek as a franchise way more we're going to give shrek uh, its own episode Uh, a wee bit later but for now we're just going to talk about uh the game this game uh but just to give you a brief overview shrek of course is the 2001 animated film made by dreamworks uh this is one of my favorite animated films of all time it's an absolute classic mike and i we were about eight years old when that movie came out uh really excited to talk about that movie and franchise uh later but until then uh let's talk about uh this tragic game (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's just let's just start this off by you know when we watch the initial cutscene mm. and we're getting into Shrek. This is two thousand three. Shrek two is about to come out. Mm. I'm all excited, and then I see. These horrifically designed <laughs> characters. Uh, why? Do, why are they all having?
0: Why do they all have big heads? I don't.
1: And why are their bodies so little? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like they're all in big head mode. Yeah, it's terrifying though because like their their faces are hyper animated. Like yeah. they're super expressive. Like, so Shrek was pretty ahead of its time, I think, in terms of just computer generating uh a computer generated film like it was going head to head with Pixar films at the time like Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, Monsters Inc, The Incredibles. So Sh- Shrek was a pretty big deal in that it was Dr- yeah. Dreamworks's second that bad I guess after Ants, I think. And mm-hmm. it was it was really cool. Like it was a complete fairy tale just made up of well, it was based on a book I suppose, but um I think that they were just trying to show off like what they did in the movie and try and bring it over to a party game but it, my God every time like they cut to a character like standing on the board I was laughing out loud just watching these characters stare <laughs> off oh, <me too. laughs> like their eyes me are moving too. their bodies are bopping like they just look like nightmare fuel
1: I I don't know who who thought this was a good idea to always have them design like this throughout the entire like maybe it was like oh this is funny because it's like a kid's game and we'll make it so like they have big heads because mm-hmm. that's funny for kids I guess but like also, Just the fact that this game exists, the audacity (laughs) of them making a party game, and and we're going to, there's six Shrek games, I believe, on the GameCube, so we're going to talk about that in the Shrek episode, but, um, you know, making a party game for Shrek after just one movie Mm. is pretty crazy. Like, that's, I don't, I can't think of anything that that even does that now.
0: It's funny because they definitely made this game while they were making the movie, and you can tell by the character selections that they went with they went with shrek fiona and donkey which makes sense they went with Farquaad, yeah. that makes sense but then their two other characters were the executioner and robin hood who not exactly the best choices in terms of characters you could have gone with like the executioner what was his name uh, his name
1: is Thelonius, apparently yep which i
0: did not know
1: <laughs> uh why yeah I mean I guess you're really strapped for characters why didn't they have the dragon I guess it's too she's too big yeah the dragon's Um, like
0: you got that Ridley problem with the dragon from Shrek I would have thought maybe the gingerbread man but he's too small some of the Uh. other fairy tale characters like the wolf like the pigs pigs, yeah the three little pigs could be like your your, (laughs) they could be your ice climbers character um, I, I guess that they had to go with characters that were sort of the same size as Shrek, Fiona, Donkey, Farquaad. I don't know, but because their heads are all exactly. the same. Exactly. They could have just made them like heads. Big. I, I just, It's it's funny revisionist history, like how the characters that they went with are just not right. Um, but they bet on Robin Hood for some reason. I forgot Robin Hood was in this film briefly. Um, yeah. And the Executioner has, I think, two lines in the entire film. So that's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the game itself is uh, very, in some ways, very much a clone uh pac-man fever uh, which, which is a turn... clone of mario party <laughs> exactly because yeah again same dev this is mass media we'll see them again and uh you know there's the i think there's at least 30 mini games in this game there's exactly
0: 30 mini games which is oh, not the well, first yeah. time we've heard that today and not the last time <laughs> we'll hear about it today i don't know why 30 was the number everybody came to but apparently that was it
1: I will say the having uh, Mirror Mirror on the wall as the uh, kind of like the Toad yep. of this of this world in terms of just explaining what to do and the rules and everything. I think that was a good call. That's i uh, for oh, yeah. this definitely. He 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 makes a, a good kind of like just expl- like tutorial boss guy. Yeah,
0: he's he's a good like uh, audience. Uh, what do you call it, like Avatar? I guess or yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but commentator in a way sure. too you know yeah i was watching some of the mini games of this one and they're most of them are or some of them are not bad like i'm not a huge no. fan of the ones where you're running directly at or away from the camera because there's just not enough field of vision i know that that's what they're going with they don't want these mini games to last a crazy long time it's like watching an episode of squid game but there was one really cool uh party game that i wanted to talk about and i think it mm-hmm. was called like a it was like a brick wall thing where uh a really neat puzzle kind of game that you would definitely see on phones by today's standards where you're like on this platform standing on a wall of bricks the bricks are colored like blue yellow green red orange and you have to like match up the the tiles to the right color next to each other and if you match them up they explode and uh, as the bricks explode you fall down with the wall and it's like the first one to touch the ground wins uh it's a really neat puzzle game like one that could easily be like a little Switch eShop game for 99 cents today and it w- yeah. it'd be a ton of fun but there's always like the odd gem in these party games and I think that that's what the true appeal of them is for me especially in 2022 where you might find just this strange mini game that no one's really remade since and is actually fun.
1: Yeah, that's and that's kind of the only reason to really pick some of these games up. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to just try these games is to try and find some of these fun, uh, fun mini game gems that are hidden in here. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, o- overall, I mean, it's you're not having a lot of fun going through this, and it's uh, just very slow, just like Monopoly Party as well. It takes a long time to get through yeah. these games. Like my God, mm-hmm. uh, I do kind of like the fact that they're not necessarily boards in this one. Uh, they're more mm-hmm. disguised. Is that you're being like in a town almost, and you're moving through it. And so I think that was a little nicer. It feels like you're more in in the world of Shrek. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different things happening on the board. You know, there's like that Jack and the Beanstalk kind of style. Mm-hmm. That you're flying on leaves sometimes. There's there's a lot more variations in the course itself, um, which I thought was a a, a well done thing. But uh, in terms of just the actual minigames themselves and, of course, the graphics of the big heads and everything yeah. like that. It just – it would be very hard to get behind a game like this. Even like even in 2003 and, you know, because we look at a lot of these games in a, in a present-day lens, which is sometimes unfair. Yeah. Uh, for sure, mm-hmm. but I but even in 2003, I would have been very confused playing this game.
0: Yeah, I would have been disappointed. Like just like uh, yeah. as a movie tie-in, like when you compare it to some other tie-in party games like Pac-Man versus like SpongeBob Lights Camera Pants. Like there's just way better movie tie-in party games that they could have done. Like th- they also included like this weird kind of bug juice mini-game matchup thing at the end of every constantly. Yeah, yeah, at the end of each mission, you kind of have to take bugs off the screen where the bugs are hyper realistic looking. I don't know what that was all about uh, to make. <laughs> like bug juice and I think that the the player with the most bug juice at the end wins and if you win the minigame you have a better chance of getting more of this bug juice it's really gross and has nothing to do with the shrek movie either like I don't remember this being <laughs> yeah. a, a plot of the movie at all looking at it i almost kind of thought like what could this have been better as and uh remove the stupid little body big head mode and this would have actually been a pretty neat nightmare before christmas party game just because okay. it's kind of creepy this game like it, it's got a bit of a creepy aesthetic to it uh yep. not so much the music or anything and the the characters obviously look completely stupid but uh some of the mini games like just make it a little bit darker and this would have been a really cool nightmare before christmas game like even the some of the um some of the minigames' titles are, like, perfect uh, for, for that for that IP as well. So yeah, yeah, flip that around, please. And we didn't talk about the box art of this game, but it's, it's equally terrifying as the Monopoly one. This one's actually more terrifying, I would say.
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't actually seen this one. Hold on. So
0: take the little bodies' big heads and put them on screen and uh, give Shrek the majority of that box. He takes up... Oh, yes. He takes up about 25% of the box, and I would hate to have this staring at me at night.
1: Yes, I forgot about this one. Uh, yeah, that's... Um... Uh, Fiona, her, uh, she probably looks the worst. She, I don't know what she is looking. She looks like evil and sly, yeah. and does not look like Fiona at all. She has different hair. She's hmm. like dark here instead of red-ish. Maybe. What, uh, what's funny so. is
0: that Donkey actually looks okay because he already had yeah. a big head in the movie. So of the characters, he definitely looks the most serviceable.
1: And and also, so this game gets confused a lot with Shrek Super Slam. Mm. Yeah. So this is not Shrek Super Slam. This is Shrek Super Party. Uh, we will be talking about Shrek Super Slam, which is kind of the brawler. Right uh of of the shrek universe <laughs> yes,
0: yes actually i was watching some of that game today too and it's kind of like a mix of uh soul Calibur and godzilla destroys all monsters i think shrek super slam is actually considered a good game uh yep. but uh, this is not a good not a good game and not a good party game but uh nope. let's move on to the back of the case here and we'll uh we'll go on to our next game shrek super party fast-paced fun and multiplayer action come what? What? Come to your living room. Okay, this is grammatically incorrect. So here we go. Fast-paced, fun, and multiplayer action come to your living room in Shrek Super Party. Great. So it becomes. Yep, yeah, for hmm. all play. <laughs> yep, yeah, for all ages and up to four players. Choose one of six characters and challenge your buds to some friendly competition. Outrun and outwit your opponent in thirty action-packed events. Play the full interactive board game or just have fun in the mini events. I can't believe they said Challenger Buds. Yeah, <laughs> on the really? Back eh? of the case. Was this Canadian? Challenger Buds. Challenger Buds, eh? <laughs> very good, very good, DreamWorks. Way to appeal to the Canadian audience. All right, <sighs> let's move on to the next game here of the day, which is Disney Party, which came out on September 16th, 2003, developed by Neverland Co. They're in charge of Rune Factor games and a lot of Japanese games. Uh, this was published by EA and Hudson Soft in Japan. Uh, it's also on Game Boy Advance. This game rates a 3 out of 10, which is just awful, uh, priced today at around $30. Uh, we're not going to go into the d- history of Disney here or anything like that. Uh, if you don't know what Disney is, there's other podcasts for you. We're also going to be talking about Disney. We
1: will have a complete episode dedicated to the many Disney games uh, on the GameCube because there is a very interesting history with mm-hmm. Disney and um, and the GameCube and yeah, uh, this is actually Disney's party,
0: so um, mm. it's uh, uh, they own this party. This is their party. This is Walt Disney's <laughs> own party of characters. <laughs> All the Disney characters are here, but it's it's mostly the classic Disney characters. So you got Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald or Donald, right? Yeah, Donald Duck. I always mm-hmm. get Donald and Daffy mixed up, which is weird. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, start off with a hot take here, Mike. I'm, this is gonna get me into some hot water. I can already feel it. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the classic Disney characters. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, neither am I. It's they've kind of had their time. Uh, it's, it's very overplayed, especially as we were kids. Because when we were kids and in the early two thousands period for video games as well, you know, Disney really beat these characters to a pulp. Like they were everywhere. Yeah, and they had a lot of different, uh, TV shows and spin offs and, um, you know, this was a tough period for Disney. I think a lot of people kind of forget that disney in the early 2000s was not doing good mm-hmm. uh this is before they decided to buy everything so <laughs> they they had to kind of push their own stuff which i always thought was interesting because they had good original content i mean obviously they had pixar but we also had things like lilo and stitch yeah and they they never really put uh those characters anywhere in this era they just kept beating these uh these characters that like like a dead horse uh mickey yeah. minnie
0: donald uh um all their world all their world war ii era characters yeah i I can't stand daffy duck or i can't stand donald duck man i I, i've never understood this sounds like he's choking on glass i can't i can't do (laughs) it no please don't it's not good for your it's not it's not good for your health um but yeah like i I feel bad like i love like i get that they're completely iconic and everything but it would just it would just be like if nintendo still made 8-bit games today like i just feel like they haven't aged they haven't come into the 21st century super well and this is a good example of that uh i do love seeing this game though because like i said earlier uh how it's fun to see party games without the mario polish this is literally a mario party game without the mario <laughs> Neil, polish
1: this is this is like very close to identical to yeah. mario party and uh th- so hudson soft we said uh they made it in japan they of course uh i'm sure were a big part of the development of this uh whether mm-hmm. or not even though the, their name wasn't on it they clearly helped with it because yeah uh there's so like, so many of the assets were taken from hudson soft who of course made the mario party games because uh when you like even the fonts in the main mm-hmm. menu are the same and have the exact same effect as mario Party Four. It's even got the yellow bubbles around the words, so the same animation when you change
0: menu items, and the same it's... scene swipes. Like anytime you go yeah. from one scene to the next, how the uh, the blackout is Mario silhouette. This one's Mickey silhouette. Yep. The the music is even super similar too. Like you're, I was listening to, I think they're on a beach map of some kind, and and the music was that xylophone style that you'd hear in almost every single Mario yep. uh, beach level. It, it was like close your eyes and you're you're playing a Mario Party game probably, but. There's no polish to this game. It's janky as heck, man. Like the characters have like six frames. That's exaggerating. But they even have like the losing animation too. Like if their character ends up last, they look the most miserable. If they win, they look happy. It's it's very, very akin to a Mario Party game.
1: Very, oh yeah. Very, very similar. Like it honestly might as well be the same game, but just not done as well. And not with that Nintendo magic. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, uh, this is one of 10 Disney games that were released between 2002 and 2006 for the GameCube, yeah. all using the original Disney characters, like I said before.
0: Yeah. It does feature some of the other, like, I, I don't know what you'd call them, the non-Disney Disney characters, if you will, like uh, Tinkerbell's in there. Um, at first, I thought it was strictly uh, the, uh, the classic characters, but there are some characters from other Disney films, which is good, I guess, but... uh What's the old uh, What's the old duck's name? Scrooge McDuck or whatever? Um, yeah, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, of course. Of he's course. basically Toadsworth in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's literally Toadsworth. Yeah. Like I think they even do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, I, some of the audio cues are reused.
1: I can I could yeah. already tell. Uh, there's a qu- uh, quite a few <laughs> mini games that are almost the same. Specifically, one that is on a pirate ship. So I think Mario Party Four did the same one, where it's you all have cannons. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, they, they disguise them a little bit more. I think Mario Party Four, it's actually water guns that you're shooting, um, and you're trying to shoot the ship, and it's moving back and forth, and you're trying to get, I guess, points from the ship. And this one, they made the, the ship a pirate ship, and they have a pirate on it, and you're shooting cannons instead. But mm. I can tell the textures, the the looks, the everything is the same. Yep. It's just reskinned,
0: basically. Yeah. Even like some of the uh, the water levels, like I was talking about before, like you're jumping from rock to rock, and instead of avoiding. Uh, the the fish from you know super mario world you're you're just avoiding like non you're just avoiding disney fish number 5 i don't know what movie they're supposed to be from just these generic looking fish like they just take it's just taking the charm out of mario and giving it a disney skin and it's not even a good disney skin like this this had potential to be a great game i don't want to knock disney too much here like in the 2000s yeah they were going through a rough time but some of those movies from that era man they were classics of course lilo Lilo and stitch is great i love uh emperor's new groove that's one of my favorite disney films really good stuff um and this this did not show what disney was capable of later on they come out with some better stuff like everyone loves kingdom hearts of course but sad to say sad to think that this is our kingdom hearts on gamecube Uh, playstation owners (laughs) got that and we get this which is just too bad it just
1: it just is really like if you think about this today Disney would never ever lend their name to such a half-assed uh creation as no. as this because you know it, it hurts the brand and um and for for me for this one it definitely hurts the brand for Disney like it's it's just a worse version in literally every way than uh, than Mario Party and even you know we've talked about some of these other games how uh, there's a couple of diamonds in the rough in terms of the actual mini games well again this is these mini games are basically the same as Mario Party so you might as well just get the better versions of them in mm-hmm. Mario
0: Party and it's it's taking Mario Party's characters which are all beloved and Disney characters are too but my god Disney characters are annoying to hear like going ho ho and like anytime they get hit it's like just irritating to uh-huh. hear them all. Disney characters talking at once is so annoying yeah. i don't know what it, especially donald duck man i can't stand him <laughs> yeah. uh but you look goofy don't you yeah. i love go- oh yeah gotta love goofy um i feel bad because like i think that a lot of people have nostalgia for them but i think a lot of it is like anytime you hear people talk about party games and them being great is just nostalgia goggles talking um even mario party to a certain extent i don't yeah. know if those games would be as good if they didn't have that nintendo polish like if we got a mario party game that looks like disney party uh i think we'd be talking <laughs> very differently about the franchise it's
1: okay neil don't worry next week we'll talk about some very critically acclaimed games but for now let's move on to the back of the case of disney's party
0: come and join the party join the party with mickey and his pals not buds pals this time ah. yeah over 30 exciting minigames including old town shootout and defeat the de pirates explore eight different worlds each with its own unique theme four game modes including play in pairs and minigame play with up to three friends in multiplayer modes See, 30 minigames once Why again. would
1: they tell me the names of the
0: minigames? I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it doesn't really explain to you what they are. I guess that's true. It,
1: it's just like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, that one. It's,
0: <laughs> it's almost like, like old... you, know the,
1: you know the ones in Mario Party? Well, we, we've got some of them.
0: Also, I can't imagine a Disney kids game, for all, for all intents and purposes, putting Old Town Shootout on the, on the case as well. I think that that's... It's old Town Road sequel. Yeah, it doesn't hold up anymore in, uh, in today's world, but... Uh, Let's move on to another game here, which is technically another Disney franchise. We have Jim Henson's Muppets Party Cruise. That's a long name. Released <laughs> on November 11th, 2003. This game was developed by Mass Media. This is the third game today developed by Mass Media. It's de- published by TDK Media Active. It's also on PS2. Rates today at about a 6 out of 10. Priced at $35. And uh, The Muppets. This is the first time that we've talked about The Muppets on this show. I'm a big fan of The Muppets. the uh, right. all- all the way back to 1955,
1: I wasn't when, around back you, then. That's when you watched them. That's, I'm a day I'm a day one-er, Mike. I'm a day oneer of the Muppets.
0: Created by Jim Henson, originally known as Sam and Friends, later on rebranded as the Muppets, later on crossed over into Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Henson Workshop has created a ton of great films over the year, like Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, bunch of characters on Star Wars, like the list goes on, on how many uh how many anytime you've seen a puppet in a film, it probably had Henson Workshop creating Frank it. Oz
1: probably <laughs> Frank Oz is voicing it yeah for
0: sure of course um, but Sesame Streets and the Muppets have grossed over nine billion dollars in the last what is that now 67 years or so yeah, it's the yep. f- 55th highest grossing media franchise. Uh, we love talking about this. Right behind Thomas the Tank Engine and right ahead of Monster Strike. I don't even know what that is. I
1: don't know what Monster Strike is, but I love Thomas and I love mm-hmm. the Muppets. Yeah, yeah. it's. Um, I'm really sad that we won't be able to do the Muppets complete justice, obviously, in this episode. Because um, we're covering many games today and many franchises. Uh, but we mm-hmm. do love the Muppets. Uh, and I love the Muppets movie. The, the, the re... Kind of reboot one in 2011, I believe. Um, We saw that one in theaters together. We did. Great music, great acting, great, just great story. It was really well done. And I think, like, uh, something that was very hard to do. It's hard to make a good Muppets movie in a modern day. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I was very happy to see that. Love Kermit, love Fozzie, love uh, love all the characters. I always loved Miss Piggy when I was mm. growing up. I thought I thought she was so funny, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of fond memories with the Muppets. Both my parents really really liked the Muppets, and yeah. I remember watching a lot of uh, I remember watching a lot of musical things with the Muppets because that's something that I think they did really well, better than anyone else at that time, was that they incorporated a lot of music and musicians
0: mm-hmm. into
1: their um, into their world.
0: Yeah. Almost every single skit, every episode was very heavily music and and theater. Like it was all very artistic and creative. I I love the Muppets. I I think I watched more Sesame Street as a kid. I guess that's just what was on TV. Uh, But eventually fell in love with a lot of the Muppets movies. I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. That's easily top five favorite Christmas films, I would say. love that movie yeah so good uh animals a hilarious character um I-, I had a muppets like shirt in college i think i bought that so i was like a, a an animal fan for a, for a little bit i love the band i love the band. yeah the what do they call themselves <laughs> i can't remember now
1: uh, a friend of the show, Harrison, is, is hitting me right now because uh, he would he loves that. Yeah. Uh, it's like electric tea in the – oh, my God.
0: I have to look it up because it's Someone's good. screaming at their car stereo right now while they listen to us.
1: Dr. Teeth in the electric man. Thank
0: you, Dr. Teeth. So good. So good. <laughs> uh, but this was the last Muppets game before Muppets were acquired by Disney back in 2004. So this was the hmm. last pre-Disney era thing that we ever got in terms of games. Uh, there's ten Muppets-centered video games plus random other Disney games, Sesame Street games that they appear in. And this game features thirty-nine mini games, so we crushed the thirty mini game benchmark. Uh, this game has nine extras. Uh, I actually really like the opening, like intro of this game. I think that it kind of reminds me of like a Muppets episode, but it's kind of strange because you're not watching puppets; you're watching animated Muppets in in a GameCube engine uh, talk to each other. So it doesn't really... It almost breaks your brain watching it.
1: It was really weird. I'm not sure how I liked it, like actually watching Mm -hmm. it. It was... I mean, I understand why they did it that way because if you did like a live action, it would be kind of messed up.
0: Well, I actually... Oh, it's funny funny you say that, Mike, because I actually thought of like a really meta idea and that would be like the Muppets are live action. So you start off with the Muppets being live action and then they have a GameCube. So you get to see the Muppets playing a GameCube like ah. like it's the Muppets show but the GameCube is on it and I guess for the PS2 version they're playing a PS2. This would get to be like way too much production obviously for what this yeah. game is but I would like it to be like really super meta where the Muppets are playing their own video game on the Muppets show and then like so like Fozzie's playing as Fozzie so like you're playing the Muppets playing the Muppets video game.
1: Yeah, yeah that that's a great idea yeah. i mean there's no way they would have implemented this in 2003 but it's uh it's a cool idea and yeah i mean it's muppets I, you know what at least they're on a cruise this time and not on like just a board yeah. so they're, they're doing something different but here.
0: so many how many mario party games take place on a cruise like i think of mario party 7 right off the bat i, th- yeah, I think I almost all of point. them start off as a cruise <laughs> damn it yeah <laughs> I I, I I
1: gotta give it credit though because I do like the aesthetic they they it's the UI and, and everything is much cleaner here it looks like a real game mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> opposed to most of these other ones so far it looks unique enough it doesn't look like a full Mario Party clone mm-hmm. uh, at this point it um, you know this is mass media again this is the, the third game we've seen from them today yep. but it looks quite different from their pac-man fever and the, Sh- the Shrek games yes. uh, so I'll give them that um the graphics look quite good for the most part mm-hmm. like they they look better than i would have expected um <laughs> for like a, for a muppets yeah. game uh and i do like the ability to play as you know all the muppets but the the thing that really weirds me out neil mm. is seeing the muppets feet
0: yeah and their legs yeah i know that's always been a problem it's, but like i think the first time we saw kermit's feet was when he was riding a bicycle and that was one of the strangest things you could have possibly seen in the 60s or 70s when that came out uh, yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. It 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 really kind of takes away the magic for me cuz mm-hmm. now they're just
1: generic characters.
0: Well, how do you get around that though? And like I guess a kart racer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I well there are kart racing uh, mini games in here. Yeah. Uh but uh, I, uh, there's actually a Rocket League-esque video game, uh, a mini game in this. I don't mm. know if you saw it. No. But uh it, the ball kind of starts off in the middle and you're in like a sand buggy mm. uh, or dune buggy, I should say. And uh, you're kind of riding around trying to hit the the, the beach ball
0: uh, into certain areas. See, Rocket League—that's another example of a game that that would have just been a mini game in a party yeah. game if if party games were still around. But they made that into a phenomenon. Rocket League was one of the biggest things I can, one of the biggest games I can think of from like yeah. 2014. Yeah, that's. That's really cool. I don't have a ton to say about this game, but I I love that it's it's a Muppets game using the Muppets voice actors, which I feel like we haven't had a chance to say yet up to this point, where all the characters are like back. Frank Oz is there. Uh, Jim Henson would have passed away at this point. So Brian
1: Henson, his son, I think, was doing it.
0: Brian Henson is doing Kermit the Frog, and like all the all the voice actors are here, which is great. So it makes it feel like that you're playing a Muppets product, which a lot of party games a lot of car racers miss the mark on that like for some reason nickelodeon keeps putting out party games and fighters where the voice actors are not there and it's it's it makes the game feel so hollow so i'm glad the muppets uh, had the foresight to do this uh, at a time when like we talked about disney being in a rough spot i don't think the muppets were doing all that well either in the early 2000s
1: no, I think there was a lot of just kind of throwaway Muppets movies and, and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the game itself, so you can actually choose between long cruise and a short cruise, hmm. which I thought was a cool way to kind of break up this game. A uh, Long cruise is, is a bit of a more of a free roam uh, around the, mm-hmm. the cruise ship. Uh, you're still on tiles. But, um, you know, you roll at the start of your round and you can go uh, like a set amount of spaces, uh, but it's not as um, as hard and fast as the short cruise, which is basically just like um, uh, the first player selects a mini game for everyone to compete in uh, okay. and then they continue from that. And it's all about party favors. That's kind of the, um, the currency in the game.
0: Mm, okay, that's pretty cool. I like it when the party games have something to bring to the table instead of it just being a board game because the Mario Party games really never have anything else to them. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. But, uh, anyway, that's all I have to say about Muppets Party Cruise. Should we hit the back of the case and move on to the last game of the day? Let's do it. All right. Come aboard the wackiest party boat around. Cruise with Kermit, Miss Piggy, Animal, plus all your favorite Muppets on the wildest party boat around. Play 30. Oh, I got that wrong. Play 30 fast and fun action-packed minigames as you earn your way to the first class deck. Mike, before we move on, I got to ask, who's your favorite Muppet?
1: I think, I think it's, Mm. because i would say just like a generic miss piggy but i do like uh waldorf and uh oh what's that
0: statlin and waldorf i think are names. yeah
1: I, I love i love them the critics yeah. they're really
0: funny classic uh
1: there, there, there's so many that i love animal of course uh dr teeth but i think my all-time favorite is always miss piggy i just i just love her candor <laughs> and just how she is okay. uh, and the fact that i uh i remember learning that uh she's voiced by by uh by a man and i was like oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah that was mind-blowing for me too i don't think i knew that until i read jim henson's biography which uh listeners if you're a fan of books biographies like i am you like the muppets i highly recommend the jim henson biography it it, one of the first books that almost made me cry uh really good book and yeah i learned a ton about I, i think they talk a bit about star wars in that book too but uh really cool stuff my favorite uh Muppet, other than Kermit. I think Kermit's my easy choice sure, for number sure, one, but that's sure. everyone's. I love Swedish Chef. Uh, oh, and Beaker. Okay. Oh, okay. I should, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Beaker. Scratch Beaker. it all. Scratch everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, scratch. me, me, me. I completely forgot about Beaker. Yep. Beaker, absolutely. And Bunsen, he has Beaker. Bunsen and Beaker are for sure so good. But I love the Swedish (laughs) chef story where uh, Henson was trying to come up with the idea for Swedish chef and he practiced speaking Swedish while driving around in his convertible. So like for a while, just driving around LA, you'd get a young Jim Henson like yelling Swedish words and like people would see him and like stare at him in the car while he's just doing basically gibberish. But he was coming up with the Swedish chef character while driving around. I love that story. That's so good. I love that. Hilarious. But let's move on to the last game of the day here, which is one. One Piece Pirates Carnival came out on September twelfth, two thousand and six. Uh, it's also known as Shonen Jump's One Piece. Uh, that's, I guess, what it's called in other regions. This game was built by H A N D. They're responsible. Hand. They're responsible for a lot of Japanese Nintendo games, uh, Final Fantasy games on uh, certain Nintendo systems. This game is published by Namco Bandai uh, to the world, and just Bandai in Japan. It's also on PlayStation Two. This game rates a four out of ten. Price today at around forty five dollars. Uh, It's based, of course, on the manga from 1997 and the TV show from 1999, which I did not watch.
1: And you can see our episode on One Piece, uh, including Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. In episode 47, we talk a lot more about uh, about the One Piece world. I think we also give some recommendations of other podcasts yeah. uh, to look up for One Piece because we are not One Piece people. But nope. uh, nevertheless, we do have this game that we did not talk about in the One Piece episode. We decided to put it in the party episode because it is a party game. It's it's a Pirates Carnival, Neil.
0: Mm-hmm. Who I, I've been missing out on a One Piece game on GameCube uh yeah like you said we are not uh big fans or we're not fans of manga uh we we do recognize how big it is it just doesn't appeal to us i did not realize how big one piece actually is uh 101 volumes making it one of the best-selling mangas of all time there's 56 video games plus 11 mobile games based on this franchise which uh, had no idea there was that many games. I never actually knew the plot behind uh, One Piece, and uh, here it is, Mike, in case you didn't know. Uh, the story is around Monkey D. Luffy, a boy who gained the properties of rubber after unintentionally eating a devil fruit. Uh, with his crew of pirates named the Straw Hat Pirates, Luffy explores the Grand Line in search of the world's ultimate treasure known as One Piece in order to become the king of the pirates. It could be Luffy. I'm not 100% sure. I, <laughs> I never actually knew the plot behind One Piece, but uh, but now we know. No, we know. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Neil. No problem. So, Mike, once again, this game features 30 mini-games and five game boards. <laughs> I feel like that's just the template for every single party game.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure it is.
0: Yeah. And once again, heavily inspired by Mario Party for the 50th time today. Uh, this game has a currency system as well, uh, so almost like combining Mario Party with Monopoly, which is kind of nice. The game is a little bit different than uh, like the the other party games that we've talked about, I feel like. It's got way more of a Japanese feel to it. It almost looks yes. like a... Like Animal Crossing, with like a little bit of like it looks like it could be a JRPG if you're looking at screenshots, but then you realize nope, it's it's a party game. There's just so much going on on screen when uh, I feel like an old person yelling at clouds. But I like there's just so much going on in these games. It's hard to tell what's going on. Uh, But it is a party game. There's really nothing. It's kind of hard to say this after just talking about so many party games. I feel like this is the most unique party game of the bunch.
1: It is, yeah, it is for sure. There's the mini games are like you said, very Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of the mini games involve kind of what One Piece is known for, which is uh, the hack and slash kind of uh, style of of gameplay, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like. It's like One Piece boiled down into small sections. Yeah. But the problem, really just the problem with it is is that it's not a complete game at, in any sense of the word. No. Uh, it feels very much unfinished. There's not a whole lot of stuff going on in in terms of th- what you can do in this. The fact that the characters are all almost chibi versions mm-hmm. of themselves also kind of took me out of it. it. It almost reminded me of the Shrek Big Head thing once again.
0: Yeah, And there's also like no advantage towards picking one character over the other, which would be kind no. of cool in party games if they sort of had uh, an element of characters being super different depending on who you pick. Even the Mario. Well, that's why
1: I like in Super Mario Party, yeah. the, the new one with the dice.
0: Yeah, yeah, the dice help, but like even the characters themselves, like if you play as a big character, it really doesn't make a huge difference compared to if you play as a little guy like Yoshi compared to like True. Wario. Uh something like that would be nice, but in One Piece it like it's it's almost hard to tell who's who at, at certain points unless you know the color of hair that your character has. Everybody looks pretty similar.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone looks pretty similar, and I mean, the uh, uh, the way that it's done with the cards is, is I guess, more unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. Again, just like I, I'm gonna uh, saying the same thing over and over again, but yeah, it's just very, very manga esque, very yeah. anime esque, which makes sense for it. Like it's, it, the aesthetic works. The fact that it gets a four out of ten in a lot of reviews is, I mean, I would say somewhat unfair considering that yeah. that it seems to be just as good as any other. Uh, games that we've talked about today Mm -hmm. other than maybe pac-man versus but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i'm trying to think of like any of these games being less than a five like in my opinion i mean rating systems are so hard to compare because it's one person's review from 20 years ago compared to our review we know very little about one piece but looking at it as just a game like it, it looks fine like it looks like it works i mean the controls might not be as tight as a mario party game uh but Like if, if you're a fan of one piece, you had very little probably to go on back in the day, right? There was no, uh, no reddits and everything to go, to go to. So you might ask, you might get this from like your aunt at Christmas time and probably still have a a decent time. Um, it's, it's just not for us. Yep, exactly. All right. Let's hit the back of the case of one piece pirates carnival, and then we will close out the episode. Join Luffy, I really hope his name is Luffy, and his crew for a crazy adventure on the high seas. One Piece Pirate's Carnival features the unique world and characters in the hilariously quirky style of One Piece. Assume the role of a pirate captain and duel against up to three friends to take control of territories on your map. Become the top-ranking pirate. So, that's all the party games that we have to talk about today, Mike. But uh, before we close out the episode, uh, are there any uh, games here that you would suggest that the listeners pick up? And are there any that you're looking for now?
1: I think if you have a DS, pick up Namco Museum so you can play this Pac-Man Versus because, nice. uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to play it because you can actually experience it on your own if you want. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, if you do find a bundle of, of Pac-Man Versus and Pac-Man World 2, which is also a decent game, uh, I, would, I would recommend picking that up because they're usually relatively cheap.
0: Pac-Man Versus looks like a really fun GameCube game. I think pac-man on most consoles is a pretty safe bet yeah unless you're talking about the atari 2600 that game literally crashed the video game market <laughs> so maybe try to avoid that version uh, uh. but pac-man versus is I, I we talked like last year about what's the best pac-man game uh, on the gamecube we this finally is the one. found it we finally uncovered it from all 555 games we finally found the one that i was looking for the pac-man world games look like fun too but this one is a bit more true to the classic form. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like party, like traditional party games, the clones of Mario party, I don't know which one of these games I'd be more uh, likely to pick up. Probably Muppets party cruise. I would say if you're looking for something that's like a Mario party experience, if for some reason you're tired of the seven really good Mario party games on N64 and GameCube, uh, that's probably one that you could go pick up. If you like the Muppets, uh, it looks like a ton of fun. So uh yeah, Pac-Man versus and Muppets Party Cruise would be uh would be my two choices.
1: If you can find uh, Muppets Party Cruise for like twenty bucks, that's a solid deal. I would definitely do that.
0: Yeah. It's kinda hard to find. You don't see it too often. No. I've seen one beat up copy at our at ANC here in Toronto, but it was in rough shape, which is which is too bad. Yeah. Uh one thing I was thinking about though, as like a mini game uh collection package party game, I suppose you would say. this will never happen. This is like Neil's dream, would be to, <laughs> to sort of combine like a whole bunch of mini games from other games not even mini games but like i think of gwent from witcher okay and like like the poker from red dead that you love so much like like games like that like tie them all together somehow so that i can play all of these games without having to buy like every single individual game
1: i can play know? the pool from yakuza zero finally
0: exactly like put yakuza zero's pool in there put poker from red dead redemption in there like darts from final fantasy 7 in there like <sighs> just random games that you can play in other games yeah, i don't want all of those <laughs> no, no i was just thinking like that'd be so cool if i could play just, just it would be amazing play, yeah play this you know it'd be yeah. really neat and like let me play as cloud from final fantasy 7 and Geralt against each other you know in a little mini game but uh but i can't so no nope. oh well that's a yeah. dream it's a dream, but Mike, while I'm dreaming about that, uh, why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 80 of the GameCube was cool podcast.
1: On episode 80, Neil, we are talking about stealth games uh, specifically we're going to be delving into the Hitman franchise a lot, which is mm-hmm. just a very interesting world and stealth games in general are something that I really, really like and I wish there were more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the genre itself is, um, I, I would say it's, it's died off quite a bit from what it used to be. Uh, we are not mm-hmm. talking about probably the most famous stealth game on uh, on the GameCube, which is Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. We'll we'll talk about that in another episode to do that one and that series more justice. But um, yeah, Hitman, interesting series, and I can't wait to talk about it.
0: Yeah, uh, you and I both really like James Bond games, which are kind of stealthy. You're yeah. way bigger on stealth games than me. I think you you like the Hitman games, right?
1: I do. So. It's uh, and I like um, Deus Ex, which is also yes. Ido's. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think stealth games are really a really neat niche genre, I guess they're not super popular anymore. I love the, you know, the Tom Clancy games are really neat back in the day as well. Uh, so that's going to be a ton of fun to talk about really looking forward to that. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 79 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. Remember, if you listen to us on Spotify, you can now leave us five stars. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We are the GameCube was Cool. Then you can follow us for free on Instagram. We are at TheGameCubePod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Thelonious, Neil says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Gracias. Bye-bye.
1: GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. GameCube. Why gracias? Oh, well, because uh, it was in Cuba. Spanish.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, thought, I thought I thought you were trying to do, like, a Puss in Boots thing there.
1: Oh, oh no, no, that works, too.
0: Yeah, Antonio Banderas, <laughs> yes.